Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Second and Nine podcast. Uh, we're coming to you today on uh, Saturday morning, December 14th. Uh, we're back to talk about, I believe we're at week 14 right now, right? 15, Tom? 15. What's going on? 15. It's crazy how fast the season's gone. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. And uh, You probably don't, you, you don't really remember because it's, you're not in the fantasy playoffs, so that's why you didn't realize, realize it was 15. That's part of the reason, and I'm also half asleep right now, so I'm yeah, just gonna powering say. through. But uh, I, I, I've been sleeping a lot lately just because uh, how depressing my fantasy season has been in both my leagues. But uh, you just, like I said, you just got to power through, uh, especially if you're a Jets fan because yeah, wow. we usually come to you guys on a Thursday to talk about the, the upcoming games. We'll touch on the, the Thursday game, but since we missed it already, we can't really make any predictions. We did make our picks uh, in terms of like the spread. We didn't post anything, but uh, I assume you guys will trust us. I took the Ravens minus 17. Tony took the Jets plus 17. And Tony, I had said to you before the game when we were when I was asking you for the pick, what is uh, what do you think is going to happen? And I, I basically said I think the Jets are going to get smoked, even if Lamar Jackson is a little bit banged up. And I mean. He lit them up. It wasn't really a game at all, like, the whole time. Uh, what did you take away from the game? I actually did fall asleep and didn't see the tail end of it, so I didn't actually know it covered till later. But Jets put up 21 points. I mean, I, I thought that would be enough to cover. But, uh, you know, uh, 42, they, they just got absolutely destroyed. I, I was actually – I was very nervous when I went to sleep because I had started Hollywood Brown, and he had absolutely nothing. He got tackled on in the end zone on that on a pass interference, and he had an easy touchdown catch. Uh, but then he, uh, you know, it's just such a, such a high volume <laughs> scoring day for the Ravens, which is you know, ultimately why he, I started him, that he did end up getting, you know, getting the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely, I definitely saw a possibility of covering. I originally, when I texted you, I said, uh, you know, I'll take the, the Ravens. I didn't know what the spread was. When I saw it was 17, I'm like, Jesus, it could be 33 to 10 and the Jets can score a late garbage time touchdown and, you know, they can cover. So I just went with the Jets. But, I mean, it did unfold pretty much how we expected it to, even if uh, – you know, even if I did call for the Jets cover, I mean, they 17 point spread is just an incredible amount, and the fact that they they covered as it's kind of it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I uh, yeah, there's nothing else for me to really say about this game. I think the Jets are the like what they what I yeah. thought they were, and the only uh, other it doesn't thing really surprise me that they did get blown out by that much because I mean Lamar Jackson, he's he's been unbelievable he's this disgusting. season with he's how disgusting. efficient he's been. He just looks like he's a step ahead at all times. Like he just knows what's going to happen. He's just always a step ahead. Uh, I was going to say the only other thing to really talk about was that Gase and Darnold had a little bit of a interaction on the sideline that people were talking about a little bit based upon like, you know, frustrations, but also, you know, the jets have a, just a ton of injuries. I mean, I, I know we're going to, we were talking about, we're going to do that eat crow segment. I mean, I'm not going to eat crow on the jets. I'm going to double down on the jets because the Jets, the signings they made in the offseason were to, you know, add a linebacker. They have a, they have a stud safety that didn't play this past week. They're going to be a lot better on defense, and they've showed some flashes. And Darnold flashed a little bit in this game too. You know, the way he's moving around the pocket. I heard some people, you know, pontificating if Darnold's going to be broken from all the running away from pressure he's been having to do his whole – you know, the guy was basically saying since high school he's been 
having no offensive line help and just been like running for his life all the time. If he's going to be permanently scarred from that, I mean, that remains to be seen, but he, he has an ability to move around in the pocket. He has a cannon. Like he does make some questionable throws, but his team is so bad. He has to try. He has to take chances. He has to, or else they're going to do absolutely nothing. They have absolutely no chance. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know how I feel about him. I, I think, uh, the Jets, in terms of you doubling down, I don't know if that would be the best decision. I think also this year, I'll have to go back to one of our early episodes because uh, you'll have to eat crow uh, at some point for some some comments that you had made. I'm not going to misquote you right now because I don't really remember exactly what you had said. But Yeah, but I, I can I, tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing I remember about it. I said that they're going to have plus two over the Giants, and they're going to have two plus two wins over the Giants. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that's that's pretty fair. And I, I mean, I could eat crow, or you could have me eat crow for taking my bet that I was on the record for of over five and a half wins. But it's not really saying – it's not me saying that much in terms of how good I thought they were going to be. I just thought that that number was pretty low. I thought six – wins was really doable for the Giants yeah. which and I thought eight wins been, and I thought we, eight wins was doable for the Jets but you know they had a ton of injuries and you know their their quarterback had mononucleosis for half the season so I mean it's it's you know it's tough tough breaks you know yeah I, I just think both like both teams are very poorly coached in my opinion I think Shermer's <laughs> done at the end of the season I mean there's already I think he's done too, going yeah. around about Gettleman wanting Shermer out at the end of the season which is crazy that that's getting out I think that's a. I think he's, that's in, a he's in control for the Giants. He's in control, like Gettleman. What was that? Gettleman's in control. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, no, I, I just uh, obviously that shows that Gettleman's in control, but uh, he ha- he hasn't exactly put together like a, a great team to uh, to compete out there. I mean, the, the defense yeah. has been absolutely atrocious. So, but he's drafted pretty well. He's drafted pretty well. Though. You got to give him some credit for that. I mean, there have been a couple picks here and there, but the thing that concerns me is. It's starting to look like the Jets type of situation where they're going to get rid of Shermer and then Gettleman is going to have control over the next coach. And let's say there's some sort of like disagreement with with uh, the next coach and Gettleman or maybe at some point the ownership likes the coach, but they're not drafting well or something like that. They're not constructing the roster well and they get rid of Gettleman and they keep the coach. And then there's like that vicious cycle of not having a GM like the long-term GM pick his coach. And yeah, that's the, the right way. Yeah, that you're right. You're right. You're right. It's the, that's the right way to do it. But I, I don't – I think Gettleman's done a good job at drafting for the most part. I mean, he's pulled in guys like Slayton, who's playing pretty, pretty damn well at this point. Even Julian Love's playing a lot better. DeAndre Baker's looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. Dexter Lawrence has been pretty good. Danny Dimes obviously has been pretty decent. You know, I mean, it remains to be seen where he's going to fall. But he's had some later picks that have been solid too. I think that where he's kind of failed is – and his patchwork um, free agent signings, just trying to – those are short-term solutions, and that's not really how you should be building a team. He just had no choice because the Giants were, you know, had devoid of talent in a lot of ways. So he had to try to fill some of these positions with Nate Solder and, you know, Golden Tate. And not that these guys are not good players, but they're just not worth the salaries that they're getting paid. To. But the problem is signing guys to that short of – like playing – uh, constructing a roster, like you said, in the in the, like the immediate future, they have to be good when he's doing making moves like that. And when they've been that bad, and now they don't have as much of a plan going forward, other than what the quarterback and the running back, 
it's it's an issue. Well, the receivers, the receivers look pretty decent. The yeah. offensive line's been the rebuild on the offensive line has begun, so we'll see where it goes from here. There's a couple good offensive linemen in the top of this draft. The Giants are but probably going to be picking pretty high, and, and they're going to be picking high in every round. So they're going to have opportunities to fill some of these spots. So, you know, you got to give Gettleman more of a chance. And I, I do agree, though. I think it's um, it's time for Shermer, not even just on, on uh, you know, his performance overall this year. He just hasn't been a winning head coach. He hasn't won as a head coach anywhere he's been. I mean, it, it, he, he had to do better than he's done. And I think the Giants would have to win a couple of games here for him to have any shot of coming back. But I don't think I don't even think the Giants are going to win very many of these games. And they have some winnable games coming at the end of this of the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that they lose them, uh, <laughs> so they get that higher pick yeah. and Chase Young, get maybe a potentially like a stud player. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Gettleman, but I do agree with you that G- Gettleman probably needs to be given more time versus like Shermer because yeah, at the end of the day, that. the head coach should have an immediate impact if they know what they're doing because at the end of the day, the, like the coaching staff has control of how the, like the players are playing and the things yeah. the players that are doing, the things the players are doing on the field. And like when you, uh, when you're putting them in positions to win, then you're giving them better chances to make plays. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't see it at all. I mean, yeah. there's been, you should see at least flashes. You should, at least, you should see at least more flashes from, from the, from the offense. From, from. I mean, Danny Dimes is flash. I don't know. It's, 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 it's tough for me. I just feel like it's the same way. I feel kind of look at quarterbacks. There's just not that many guys who can do it. So if you have a solid guy, like, like we were talking about Jason Garrett's job security and we can start transitioning to the Cowboys here you know, right now too. Uh, we talk about Jason Garrett's job security a lot. And it's just, to me, like, he's not a terrible coach. He's not horrible. He's just not going to elevate the team. He's not, you know, he's not a great head coach. He's not going to be in the upper echelon. But he's still, there's just not that many guys that are like that. What are there really, like, 10, 12 real difference-making head coaches in the league? And every team's going to try to get one, granted. And, like, that's kind of where like, I, I was – I would I would say that you would call what I'm going to say now is a spin, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put the cab. You know, so I'll just call it a spin. Like it's gonna be my this is gonna be my new Cowboys spin. The Cowboys are actually kind of in a win-win situation here towards the end of the season because they're either going to have a deep playoff run or a new head coach, which is to me that's really that's you know it's gratifying. I mean we've I've had a lot of complaints about Garrett over the years. Like I said, I don't think he's a terrible head coach. I also don't think he's a great head coach. I would really like to see someone like Lincoln Riley or Urban Meyer get the Cowboys head coach job or even um, Josh McDaniels for that matter. I would really, really like to see that. So that's my Cowboys spin. It's going to be either a new head coach or a actual, you know, they have a deep playoff run. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a, a bad way to look at it, to be honest with you. And uh, I don't, I've never really thought Jason Garrett was a terrible head coach. Like you said, I just don't think that he moves the needle at all. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, he is, I've always said to you, I feel like he's kind of a puppet to Jerry Jones. So yeah. that's why he's everyone has that. Everyone has that. Everyone has that perception, honestly. But Jerry is a lot more hands-off nowadays than he has been in the past. Like, it's a lot different. Jerry – the buck still stops with Jerry. And the buck still stops with um, Mara, too, believe me, like in the Giants. Like, the buck still stops with the owner at the end of the day. And, and with the Cowboys, I think it's a little bit more pronounced because of Jerry's personality. I feel like the players know they can go directly to Jerry. They have a direct line to Jerry Jones. They have a direct line to the boss. So they can go over Garrett's head if they want, and they're not going to really get in trouble for it. So – in that dynamic, he is a little bit of a puppet. But I, the way people think that Jerry's just pulling all the strings, it's, it's, not, it's not happening. Jerry's listening to the people who are in charge of certain areas of the team. And, you know, I, I'm not saying he's not – the buck doesn't stop with him, but he's not a puppet master like the way people put it in the media, like to put it out to be. Yeah. And in terms of, like, how good of a coach he is, 
it shows you how good of a coach you are when your team goes through major adversity and you bounce back from it. A perfect example this year has been like the Steelers and Mike Tomlin with how poor they started. I mean, they don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. They don't have AB anymore. They've had to like kind of reinvent themselves and now they've kind of reinvent themselves as a team that leans on their defense yeah. to make plays and keep the score low. And then Duck they, Hodges they too, though, brother. plays on Duck, offense. Duck but Hodges. He, I mean, he's done – There's been there were people, like Steelers fans, like complaining at the beginning of the year with how poor they, they started off. And now they, they've made a couple moves, like, in the trademark. Yeah, make it. Fitzpatrick's been playing unbelievable. The Cowboys should have done that. The Cowboys should have done that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, they uh, – the Cowboys, like I said, they should have gone after Eric Weddle or even tried to really pull the trigger on, like, a, a potential Jamal Adams trade. But even if it wasn't Adams, I mean, you know, Minka went for a lot less than Adams was at the asking price for Adams. They could have gone out and got Minka. They were, they were being stubborn. That's, another, that's one of my biggest complaints about uh, Jason Garrett. He's very stubborn. Like, even it was, um, it was actually the last game we were playing against the Bears. Like, it was late in the game. We were trying to come back, and it was, like, fourth and one, like, down – deep in the Bears' end, and the Cowboys lined up in two, three tight ends and the one running back and a fullback. And I just – you know, you just see it coming. Jason Garrett's, we're just going to be better than you on this play. We're going to do what we do better than you are. We're going to block it up and push you back and block their ass and knock them down. And we're just going to be better at this. And we're going to telegraph what we're going to do, but we're going to be so good at it, it's, we're going to execute it. And it actually did work. The Cowboys scored on that, on that drive, on that play. But that's um, not always the same. But that's not that's exactly like the, exactly. I just the way you that have I, to do both. You have to be able to do. I'm not saying you don't have that at times, but it can't be that mentality constantly because you come become so predictable that you know you're you're being anticipated constantly. Well, why do the Patriots always win? They keep everything guessing. Yeah, we don't even know who the running backs going to be week to week. They, they, well, there's that. Uh, I think I forget what that new show is called. Uh, but they've actually they've gotten. I think it's on NFL Network. They've gotten it. Bill Belichick on it a couple of times, and he was just talking about like quotes from like um, I don't know if it was Suzu or it was like like the Art of War or something like that. And it was just basically talking about uh, finding the weaknesses in your opponent and using like your strengths and just yeah. like attacking that way. And I mean that's yeah. and having that mentality in football or any sport is really like. Yeah should be the base of your strategy and yeah. Whereas, yeah, like having that mentality like you just said that's kind of just almost as i call it like meathead mentality where you're just like oh we're we know what we do well we're just going to try exactly. to shove it down your throat that's exactly no what he matter says. if you're the Bengals that's exactly or what he, the patriots yeah that's exactly what he says he says he was basically saying we're not going to worry about the other team we're going to worry about us we're going to worry about our game we're not going to play to their game well that means you're not studying what they're doing and you're not trying to take advantage of what they do and what they do well and not it, 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 there's there's too much of that, I, and I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about that with Garrett. But like I said, he's not a terrible head coach. He's just one other actually thing I wanted to touch on before we maybe do our picks quickly and uh, close it out. Um, the Giants cut Jack Rabbit based on his whole little Twitter, um, you know, antics, you know, back and forth with a fan calling a fan some kind of names and stuff, and so they end up ultimately releasing him. The reason it's pertinent to me because obviously the Giants season is pretty much over. But the reason it's pertinent to me because I could see him totally being picked up now by the Eagles, so whether it's uh, they claim him on the, on the waiver wire or just, you know, sign him up after he, he clears waivers. Um, and that, that could help their secondary. I mean, adding him as the third corner to their team would definitely boost their secondary in a big way. So, I mean, it's, it could be a huge problem for the Cowboys if Jack Rabbit ends up landing there. So what, what do you think about where he could end up and that move in general? Yeah, you know what? I uh, I mean, it's not surprising that they, they let him go after that. Um, I think, granted, 
the way that he's played, I think that he's played good at times. But like you said, he takes chances. He's been a little inconsistent as well. But they're paying him a lot of money. So it's, it's I don't think it's terrible that they gave him away or let him go. But it's not going to help the defense in the short term. So I, yeah. I think it's a positive from the Giants standpoint where he could continue to lose as bad as that sounds and then get yeah. a high draft pick. Uh, for and the look- Eagles, though, I mean, it has obviously a bigger impact because they're all – they're um, the secondary has been that atrocious, and I think he can. Yeah, that's big, one of their biggest problems, really. Yeah, pretty much, has been their biggest problems. And we'll transition right into that because uh, if you know Jack Rabbit not being there, will uh, definitely help the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins plus three points against the Giants in Giant Stadium. And what do you? I mean, I think it's. I think they've been playing pretty good. I think they're not tanking. Uh, you know, for the quarterback or for anyone else, they're 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 going after wins, and they're, they've been pretty impressive. They they got some receivers, and they got some guys who can catch the ball, big guys, and it's Patrick's just putting it out there. So I, I like the Dolphins in this game. Yeah, you know what? I uh, I was this was the one game. If I didn't have to pick it, I wouldn't have touched it. But I am gonna go with you and uh, take the Dolphins plus three. I thought that you were gonna be a little bit scared of Eli Manning, though. To be honest with you, I, I'm kind of surprised yeah, he, at this pick. He's playing so well. You know, he looked he looked unbelievable last week. All Giants fans are like slurping him up. This is why he's a Hall of Famer. He threw for 200 yards and put up 17 points. Yeah, I, uh, I I think it'll be a close game, but I, I agree with you about, like, about the Dolphins. Flores has them playing hard. They're not – here's the thing. Like, I, I respect that coaching staff because you see how poor of a team they are. He's got them playing hard, and he's also not uh, – he's also, t- like, taking chances and not playing afraid to lose, which yeah. some other coaches have played. I'm not – they'll remain nameless, but he's yeah. going out there doing that. I'm with you. I like that. Throwing to the kicker play, like to yep. the Eagles. So I, it's interesting. Pulled out all the stops. I, I think that they – I mean, getting three points at the Giants, as bad as, as the Giants have been, I, I feel like it's uh, – you're getting a little bit of value there. So I'll lean uh, Dolphins with you. All right, let's go Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys-Rams. My Cowboys are home, and they're getting a point at home against the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm just, I'm just so broken by this season that I'm – I'm giving up completely on any hope that the Cowboys are going to win this game. They do not need to win this game. I have no hope that they're going to win this game. I'm going to watch and root for them, but I, I, I did not put a dollar on them. I, I bet on them for the Bears. I put a bunch of small parlays during the, the previous week that ended up with the Cow, ended up on the Cowboys ultimately. A bunch of them hit through, and the Cowboys let me down. Uh, I'm not going to not making that mistake again. I'm going to go uh, Rams minus one. Yeah, I'm going Rams minus one, too. I think it's a no-brainer. Rams, uh, I mean, they're they're gaining a little bit of steam. I mean, they beat Seattle last week, which was a huge win at home, and they shut them down. So Yeah, I, I was surprised about that two game. Teams, two teams going in completely different directions right now, and I think it's uh, – even if it's in Dallas, I, I've never really looked at Dallas having, like, a huge home field advantage. So, yeah, give me uh, the Rams, and I'll give a point. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, I like that game, too. All right, next is, since the Jets already uh, played on Thursday night, uh, I'll throw it to you next. So these are our, our non-Jets, Giants, Cowboys picks. What's your first um, I got two of them. I, I like um, – and honestly, I wasn't crazy about too many games this week, you know, either. I've been really just focusing on just a couple games, you know, every single week. It's just been – it's hard to find a bunch of games that you really like here. But I, I kind of like the Vikings minus one and a half at – the Chargers. The Chargers have been so inconsistent, and they've been playing better, you know, as, as of late. But it's just, just even when they win, they're just, it's been so, you know, up and down. I just, I, I like, 
I like the Vikings to go in there, run the ball well. I like Kirk Cousins to have a pretty good game and uh, against a pretty good defense and uh, put up enough to, to cover the one and a half points. Yeah, you know what? I had that one written down. I have three games written down, and I and two of them I believe are your two other games. I kind of want to go a different direction because we're literally going to have the same picks except, yeah, except for, for one, the Jets yeah. Ravens game. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one. I think that's out of the other three that I have written down here. The Vikings, I think, is the most confident one that I have at the char- charges have been so inconsistent this year Vikings have looked like a good team they look like a potential playoff team that can yeah. maybe upset a team in the playoffs uh, it's a big game that they have to win especially with um, the Packers looking somewhat inconsistent and then getting a, a division rival at home this week uh, in the Bears Vikings have to win so I'll give one and a half I think they should win the game and cover the two uh, one and a half points yep I agree uh, my, my other one was I had Saints minus nine at home against the Colts after l- losing last week in an absolute amazing, entertaining – like that was a beautiful game to watch, 49ers, Saints. That was just so much fun to watch. I, I hope they're not out of gas, the Saints, in, this week. It gets a pretty good Colts defense, but I think they're going to be able to do what they got to do on the, on the Colts. I think their defense is going to be pissed off that they allowed as many points as they did last week. I think they're going to shut down uh, the Colts defense a little bit. And they're going to cover the nine points. Yeah, you know what? I, I wouldn't have wanted to touch that game at all. I think the the Saints have been kind of unpredictable at home. Yeah. They can absolutely dominate you or give up a ton of points. And the Colts are like kind of an enigma. They have yeah. such a good offensive line. They can play and bring it on any given week. But, yeah, it's kind of uh, – that's one that I'm definitely staying away from. I want no part of that game. I thought you were going to take the other game – uh, that we had touched on earlier, which I'll mention right now. I guess the pick that I'm going to go to uh, next is uh, the Redskins. So Redskins are actually getting five and a half now, and the line has moved at wow. four and a half uh, at home against the Eagles. And uh, the reason why I'm picking this is because one division rival. I mean, we know how those, especially with the NFC East, it always can. They always seem to be close games. Then you have the factor of the Redskins playing a lot better lately. I mean, Geis has really flashed yeah. and showed their that defense is not bad. They haven't been their de- defense has not been bad all year either. Yeah, and that was the last point that I wanted to make. I, I mean, earlier in the year, at some point, they weren't playing well, but yeah, they weren't playing well. They've but really, they're, they're, they've really they're, rolled they like into good form now because they. Uh, I, I mean, they've shown it against uh, the last uh, against teams like the last few weeks. They they're, they're being consistent at least on, on defense, and I mean to like I had taken the the Redskins last week, I think you had taken the Packers and I mean, they, they showed, they showed up well, like in Lambeau. I mean, they lost 20 to 15, which is kind of a weird scoring game, but to, to keep yeah. it close last second cover against a, a guy like Rogers. And that why would they kick that field goal? Why would they kick that field goal to cover though? Why would they do that? Who had money on the game? Callahan had money in the game. Well, no, wasn't it? Uh, I thought that that game was like, plus it was 20, it was 20 to 13. It was 20. Oh no, but I had, oh, my bad. I had, I had the game minus six and a half in my bet. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, what hurt. That, that game was like plus 13 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're right. For you're the right. Redskins. So, yeah, I, uh, I thought that that was a no-brainer. I'm going to go with the Redskins again, though, this week. I, again, I'm not confident in Haskins at all. But he's actually, like we talked about he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been he's bad. a great leader, but he's attempting to be, even if he rubs pe- may rub people the wrong way. I just think that the fact that he's trying to take charge and lead the team uh, – I think it could give them 
make them a little bit more cohesive on offense, especially he's got a little bit of a rapport with McLaurin since like, he, like we talked about, he's played, yeah, they played together. Yeah. So I think with those guys, Geis, and then the defense playing pretty well, I think they should keep it close. And I think five and a half points is enough for me because let's be honest, the, the Eagles defense is not showing us anything like the whole season. Yeah. So I, I, this is more or less me not having any uh, confidence in the Eagles. So uh, it's like it's like I, I get I get the same feeling watching the Eagles as I get watching the Cowboys. I'm just like I just like don't understand like how you know you just look Fletch, at them like Fletcher Cox is just really disappointing. Fletcher Cox and you know Brandon Graham are up there. Like how come you can't you know get pressure? How come you can't stop the run? How come you can't put you got the same corners playing now at this point in the season that you had on your Super Bowl run? Why can't you cover anybody? You have Jenkins who's playing. Pretty damn well still. I mean, he's been a, a superstar for years. He's still playing well. Why can't their defense do anything? I, I, I mean, they have so much talent in that defense. I just don't understand them. Yeah, the analogy that I would make for the Cowboys and the Eagles is, uh, let's say, like, a kid, maybe a, a teenager, does does something bad that upsets their parents, and uh, their dad goes to the, the child and has a talk with them and just says, you know what? Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, yeah. we had we had higher expectations for you, and uh, I think that that was the case for both teams. I again, I I was, I I'll be honest. Like, I don't even know. I don't remember where I was leaning. I I thought that the Cowboys and Eagles were pretty even teams, but I like at the beginning of the season, like going into the week one. But I thought that it, they were going to be better than this. Yeah, so you'd expect nine to really ten, nine to you'd expect nine to eleven wins from. From, from both of them. One, you know, one maybe yeah. falling at nine, maybe at one and 11, depending on how the games went. That's what you expected. I mean, the fact that they're both going to win eight to nine games is pathetic. It really is. It's embarrassing. Yeah, no, I think nine at this point is a stretch, to be honest yeah. with you. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the Eagles aren't a lock to win this week. Cowboys, I think, are going to lose. I mean, we're both picking against them. So, yeah. Um, all right. So before we close out, uh, I, I will mention the other – the other game that I had written down was um, Buffalo at Pittsburgh taking the Bills plus one. That's the one I didn't want to pull the trigger on because yeah. that was also the game that got flexed to uh, Sunday night. Or, so yeah, I like that. I like the nervous was like those a little bit in too. Pittsburgh on Sunday night. I think the Steelers defense is going to play well. It's going to be a close game. I, I I really do though think the Bills can compete with pretty much any team, uh, yeah. especially if they're at if they're at home. But in this case, I didn't, I didn't have the confidence enough to, to pick them uh, over, like, a Redskins or, like, a Vikings pick. But yeah, I, I, I kind of like that game also. Um, I, would take, I would go Bills, too, minus the one. But I don't like it enough to pull the trigger on a bet or even on this uh, – our, on our picks. It's just something like – it's like I, I, I think I'm leaning towards that, the Bills, but I can totally see the Steelers winning this game, too. Their defense isn't playing really well. They're getting Connor back. They're getting Juju back. They're going to – they're going to be a, lot, a little bit better. And Duck Hodges has been impressive. I'm, I, obviously, I think Josh Allen's going to have the advantage, but he's going to be facing a really tough defense as well. It's a tough, it's a tough game to pick, but I, I, would, lean, I would lean Bills myself too. But yeah, we'll yeah I mean, uh, their defense is real. And as long as they're stopping the run, they, yeah. that team, they're going to be in like every game. And against the Ravens, they were in that game until that last drive when they turned it over on downs. And that's, that's one of the issues I think that they have. They don't have, like, that consistent quarterback that you can have confidence in in a two-minute drill at the end of the yeah. game. Go, go down the field. But what he's doing is he's, 
he's so big and strong. He's able to just stay upright, move around a little bit, pick up a few yards with his legs and just kind of will them down the field because he's just got that kind of athleticism that he can got to get away with playing like that, which keeps him in games, especially with their good defense. They got some weapons too. They, they surrounded it with some good pieces. Like they got some running backs on that team, a handful of running backs that are pretty good. They got a handful of receivers that are pretty good. I'd like them to see, like to see them get like a, like a big stud receiver type, you know, to go along with uh, Beasley and John Brown. But other than that, they've done a pretty good job on their defense too. And yeah, they're going to be in every game. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before uh, we close up then, I, uh, I don't know if you have a fantasy player that you're, you're eyeing for this week. Doesn't necessarily have to be the number one overall player. Someone that you think has a, has a pretty good chance at having a good game. I'll go first. If you don't give you a second to to think about it. I already got a couple in my head going. My guy actually this week is going to be a guy that I've talked about a bunch of times already. I think he's due for a big game. Uh, Darren Waller from the Raiders. Uh, I think going back home against the Jaguars, last game in the black hole, I think Derek Carr should have a very good game here. Uh, The Jaguars look like they're – not that they're tanking, but, I mean, it's all starting to go south. Like, Foles comes back. They bench Minshew. Foles plays terribly. Now Minshew's back in. It it could be maybe a close game going into the fourth quarter – but I think the Raiders will take care of business here. They've been really inconsistent the last few weeks. This is a, this is a good game for the Raiders to get back on track, I think. And um, Waller's the guy on, uh, on offense besides Josh Jacobs, or at least in the passing game. So I think uh, if I had to make a prediction on what Waller would put up this week, I'm going to predict seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Wow. So I like it. I like it. I I have him in fantasy and uh, I really have absolutely no chance. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's the league I got eliminated. I'm in one two week playoff game where, where I'm down like 70 points this week too. So it's not like your league is like literally the only league I'm now doing good in. Things went really bad. You're facing Lamar Jackson in that league. Uh, No, I'm not actually. No, no, it was a two week playoff. So last week I I just got destroyed. Oh, okay. My team did horrible, and his team did really well. I'm actually going to go with Darius Slayton again. I actually like all the Giants receivers. I like Slayton. I like Shepard. I even like Golden Tate, who didn't do much last week. Um, but I like, yeah, I like the Giants receivers. I think Miami's going to give up points. I think the Miami's going to have to score points, too. I think they're going to. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I would go the over in this game in general. But, yeah, I could see Slayton getting loose for 100 yards, a touchdown, a couple catches, five catches, four catches, a couple okay. long ones. That's fair. I mean, he's looked pretty good. I, I yeah. like what I'm seeing from him. Good job, Gettleman. Good job. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's not the first thought that I had when I uh yeah. about like Slayton. It never is. Well. It never is. Yeah. Should be. Yeah, I mean, if they were winning, then that's that's a different story. If the Giants give it time. actually looked good. You got to give it time. He's got to rebuild. A, first of all, they had a toxic locker room. And you know what? Jack Rabbit and Ogletree contribute to this toxic locker room that the Giants have. They got they they purged some guys, but those these are not like real good guys you want as your top end leaders uh, on your team. And they're going to get rid of those guys. I don't think Nate Solder is a toxic, you know, locker room guy, but he's just not good enough on the field. He's got to go too. Well, like there's, there's a bunch of guys that are going to, you know, get the boot this offseason. The Giants have a chance to turn it around pretty quick. I think, 
The problem there, though, is that like you use the word top notch leaders. I think that's what you just used. Yeah, top and you know, top end I, talent guys. Though. I'm saying like your top your best players are kind of your leaders by default. You know what I'm saying? Like not necessarily. <coughs> I think that's I think that's the problem. They don't have any leaders on the team. So then by default, people are labeling like the best players on the team as leaders. When even previously, going back to like last year. Odell Beckham was he like a leader? I mean, he was like yeah. the best talented, most talented player on the team, but like he's not a leader. So, but like, if you're not gonna have that, you got to find some, you know, good, good off, yeah, good veteran offensive linemen that are just that are leaders on the team, and all defensive linemen that are leaders on the team. Like, I guess the Giants, you know, they just don't have that. They're, yeah, they're void working. of good veterans. I mean, yeah. they're void of mostly. They're mostly they void have, of good yeah. players. But that's what happens when you don't draft well, though. Like, you don't draft for multiple seasons. You don't draft well. You're not gonna have good you know you're not going to re-sign your own players and those are not going to be the guys who are going to be the fixtures in your locker room the ones who are talking so i mean it's it's something that's going to you know that's getting turned around right now i mean eli manning was the leader for a long time too so that you had the benefit of that now danny dimes is coming in so you have a little bit more of a you know of a a void of the leadership so they're gonna have to work on that but we'll see where it goes i think they're, they're, they're heading the right direction i don't think they're I, I mean, I need to see more to confirm that, but yeah, let's, uh, let's close up shop. Uh, thanks for listening to second and nine podcast again. Uh, on, we're on Twitter at, at second and nine. We're also now officially on Apple podcasts. So big time, you get a chance, go Tony, go on your iPhone, click on the podcast app, search second and nine, and we'll come up subscribe to us and then you can listen you don't have to get on your computer anymore and watch these stupid youtube videos you don't have to see my face you uh could just listen to it on your commute to work or home from work so yeah we're on apple podcast now so i'm doing that again next time we'll be back again next week let's talk to you guys see you later